The following is Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com. We are excited to start off the show this morning with Ovid LaMontagne. He is the Republican candidate for governor for the state of New Hampshire. And so we're going to get started right away. Welcome, Ovid. To be with you this fine Wednesday morning. <laughs> it is fine. It is so, I can't believe this weather. This has been fantastic. I know we have, we're going to have a long winter ahead, so I'm taking every day we get. No, that's, that's the way life should be led anyways. You enjoy the very day that uh, you have and um, make the most of it. And it's not too hard to do that in New Hampshire when you have beautiful foliage. Even now in the southern part of the state, there's some great colors. And, and when you have this kind of weather, it really puts an extra, at least for me, it puts an extra spring in my step. Absolutely. I completely agree. Well, I am excited to have you on the show and to talk a little bit about um, business and environment and the future of the economy in New Hampshire. And it's really exciting time because we have about two weeks to go now. It's hard to believe that the election is fast approaching, but it is. And uh, I'm interested to to get you know your perspective on, on some of the questions I have for you regarding sustainability and business. Um, now, the fir- I'll start off with uh, my first question, which is, uh, as governor, how do you plan to balance the needs of the economy and the needs of the environment and sustainability? And what can a governor do in general to make sure that this balance is maintained? Well, uh, Chrissy, you know that I'm I'm uh, I'm a conservative, and that means conserving our natural resources as well as conserving uh, our freedoms and liberties. And I think the two are complementary in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I also view government as a as a supporting role in our life, and not the main reason that we're living. Mm-hmm. Uh, my opponent and uh, people on the other side of the aisle tend to be uh, viewing uh, the government as sort of the glue that keeps us together. I don't see it that way at all. I see the government as a specific role to play that we, the people, have delegated to it uh, in forming our own state and adopting our state constitution, and then in entering into the national government through uh, the United States Constitution. And and part of the work of the governor is to make sure that the government is functioning properly to discharge those duties under the Constitution. And uh, and certainly, to the extent we have public property and public resources, that's part of the duty of government. We all, as in individuals, expect the government will be um, you know, preserving uh, our beautiful uh, mountains and, and lakes and making sure that they're available to all the people, because these are public uh, assets, if you will. They're not owned by any one person. And it's from that point of view that I say that I uh, think we can achieve a balance of it, of trying to create uh, an economy, trying to create a, a platform where business can thrive, where jobs can be created, where our future can be secure. And so uh, I believe we should have a statewide economic development plan, Chrissy, which we don't have right now in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. There isn't a thought-out, comprehensive plan about where are the assets and where are the needs for purposes of creating that platform so businesses, whether they're locating in Colebrook or in Salem or over the Keene or on the seacoast, uh, can have access to high-speed internet, for example, have sufficient infrastructure to compete, have educational systems that support the workers that will come into the workplace. Um, that's part of the strategic planning, statewide economic development plan. But in doing that, too, we need to look at, you know, what are the attributes in a particular region of the state? Well, we have to be mindful of 
our environmental needs and concerns. So you may not want to plant or, or place a uh, you know heavy industrial manufacturing uh, plant at the base of uh, you know Franconia Notch, right? I mean, th- th- that's that's part of the role of government is sort of coordinating uh, the development in an area, and, but making sure that we're always mindful of the impact that it has on our natural resources and uh, the natural beauty we have. The, the other thing to be mindful of in terms of developing that statewide economic development plan is that tourism is a significant part of our economy. In fact, I think an argument could be made, um, Chrissy, that tourism itself is probably the most important sector in this respect. People who come to visit New Hampshire uh, are also business owners in their own right in other states. They work in other states a lot of time. We have so many visitors from outside of New Hampshire who come here every year who have an opportunity to take a look at our state and say to themselves, you know, maybe I want to live here. Maybe I want to want to work here in this part of this uh, of, of of New England. And if you talk to business people who are not native New Hampshireites, they will tell you that the reason they came here to New Hampshire or relocated here is they went to school here or they vacationed in the summers with their family. They they have usually some sort of connection to New Hampshire that's based on tourism. And so uh, tourism in large part for New Hampshire is driven by our natural beauty, our natural resources. So striking the balance with economic development and and uh, conservation from an environmental point of view is critically important uh, because of the kind of state we are. And uh, that's what the governor can do is set the tone, set the leadership as we put together that statewide economic development plan. And then as um, businesses grow and thrive and are relocated here, uh, we work with local communities to make sure that they're properly sited, uh, local planning and uh, local land use and planning ordinances and so forth have a role to play here in making sure that the right companies are located at the right place at the right time and for the right reasons. And mm-hmm. that's the partnership that is a really uniquely New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Let's let's stay let's that's that's terrific. Let's stay on the the, the um, subject then of, of, of bringing business into into New Hampshire. Um, there there is there are quite a quite a few businesses that have have come into the state uh, in recent years, in particular, and you're going to be working if elected as governor to bring more industry into New Hampshire. How are you going to encourage the the cleaner manufacturing, and what would you in, in, do to ensure that there's sufficient education in the state? to bring in these opportunities? Well, that's, uh, those, that's a, those are very good questions. One question that has ver- two very good parts to it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so let, let me try to try to answer it this way. Um, we, we need to, first of all, uh, I think we need to brand New Hampshire. Uh, we haven't really done that. When you think about our state compared to, let's say, Maine, people think of Maine, they think of vac- that vacation land, right? Mm-hmm. That was the sort of the logo for New Ham- for Maine. You think of lobsters, you think of, a, of an ocean frontage, which is really quite extraordinary uh, and very diverse. Um, you don't really think of any particular kind of industry. You think of Vermont. On the other hand, you think of more pastoral scenes. Uh, Bob Newhart comes to mind, <laughs> dairy cows, and a, a much more urban, I mean, much more rural country kind of life. In New Hampshire, we're, we're very diverse. We do have aspects of both states. Obviously, we have a shoreline of our own. Uh, we have a fishing industry. Uh, we also have rolling hills in the western part of the state, particularly along the Connecticut Valley. So we have attributes, but we also have a heavy industry here. We have industry looking at Manchester's Mill Yard that has evolved over the generations from the Emiskeg Manufacturing Company uh, to shoe mills to now high tech. 
and and this goes to your point about retracting um, industry and businesses that are environmentally compatible. I think the high return is manufacturing, but it's in light or advanced manufacturing where there is little, if any, economic or environmental impact to our state. And and that may sound or may seem to your listeners to be a little inconsistent, but I don't think it is at all. I think of a company like TurboCam, which is located in Barrington, Chrissy. Mm-hmm. Now, that company was founded by uh, an immigrant to the United States, Marion Nerona, who arrived here with $5 in his pocket, five Canadian dollars, a passport, and one U.S. dollar. And now he employs over 350 uh, New Hampshire people in the Barrington area, Manuf- sells worldwide um, advanced in what we call high-end turbines. Mm -hmm. His manufacturing facility is clean, and it's energy net zero, essentially, the way he's designed it. And he didn't apply anything too fancy to it. He has some passive solar, he's got geothermal, and he's got um, heat exchange, where in the end, his, his draw of net use of electricity over the course of the year is almost zero. Um, not somebody that did that organically. Uh, he's smart. He's an engineer by training. Uh, he found a niche that he could, you know, move into. But he also did it in a way that was environmentally compatible, and and also in a way that uh, made it economical for him to manufacture here in the United States by having a very low uh, electricity cost, net electricity cost, for his manufacturing operation. Uh, that gives more capital available to expand. To, to do marketing and so forth, and, and that's what he's done. And so it's, he's become, he's very compatible, again, with the uh, natural uh, resources of the area. And I think there still is opportunity now going forward to recruit, um, you know, research companies as well as high-tech and advanced manufacturing and making sure that as they start these businesses or expand here uh, that we have a little, if any, impact to the natural beauty of our state. And, and you know, there are some great employees large employers in southern New Hampshire. I think of BAE Systems working out of, uh, you know, in Nashua and Merrimack uh, in areas of our state that are strategically appropriate for the kind of manufacturing occurring there. A lot of of it is high-end as well. You've got Fidelity Investments, a company that it really does. It's not manufacturing at all. It handles investments and uh, trades of all sorts. One of the largest uh, sectors of, uh, you know, bond trading occurs right out of Merrimack. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of businesses we want. Uh, not to say that the, the building of a building or putting in infrastructure doesn't have an economic or environmental impact, but yet to say that it is appropriate in particular settings in our state. So it's balancing those two and finding where the opportunities are to attract good, clean businesses uh, with corporate citizens who are going to be good citizens themselves and managing the resources, human resources and environmental resources in our state. So when you think of New Hampshire then going forward, you think of a vibrant economy, cutting-edge economy, and great natural resources. And you can't find too many places in this country where you can really say that about a place where you can work and play and stay Right here in New Hampshire. Work, play, and stay in New Hampshire. I love that. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, well, let's let, let, let's move on to um, to the ubiquitous topic of oil. Um, yeah. 
So many in in New Hampshire rely on oil for heat in the winter, and as we both know, uh, they can be quite long. And then in our cars, you know, all year, all year. um, What what can a governor do to help residents pay the lowest possible prices? And does this mean more drilling? And then what does this mean in general for sustainability in the state? Well. we're seeing in New Hampshire, um, particularly, I think this is this has been significant a significant development in our energy uh, market. By the way, can I take a step back for a second? Sure. New Hampshire has an energy plan, but it's dated back to 2002. It's a 10-year and, and, you know, like, uh, energy plan. I think New Hampshire's energy plan should be updated every year. And uh, as governor, I would start to um, update it for bring it forward to 2013 standards and work with our energy planners across the state to see, first of all, what are the major fuel sources we have? What kind of generation capacity do we have for electricity? What are the resources that people are relying on to heat their homes and so forth? And there's no denying that um, natural gas has been uh, a market changer because of the quantity of natural gas that's now being introduced around the country, but here in the Northeast as well. What we don't have is uh, the infrastructure, the pipelines, the distribution network for natural gas yet to areas outside of the urban settings of (laughs) Manchester or Nashua. Um, And I think I want to, as part of our plan, we should be looking for ways of strategically extending uh, the the footprint of natural gas, which is cleaner, um, and this is not a knock on oil, it's just the reality is it's cleaner, it's going to be cheaper. Uh, when I had an opportunity with the homes I bought here in Manchester and lived with um, my, my family, I've converted from oil to natural gas uh, for both economy and convenience, but also I suspected, uh, and I think I was proven right over time, that natural gas would be cheaper. Mm-hmm. For purposes of oil heating, and that's still a significant and probably the most significant uh, home heating source, fuel source, I, I don't know there's much we can do in New Hampshire as state government to influence the cost of home heating oil. I think we, we need to continue to support the programs where um, families of modest means, the poor, can have access to oil to heat their homes in the, in the, in the heating season. Uh, but in terms of actually um, you know, influencing drilling and, and um, uh, exploration for oil, I don't think we're in a position to really make a, a, a significant impact on that. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm always open to learn, and probably I'll learn a lot more about this very issue <laughs> I, when I'm the governor and we start to put together an updated 10-year uh, New Hampshire energy plan. So is that so? Your your proposal then is to every year, every year revisit the the energy plan as opposed to making it a ten year overall plan and abiding by that. Yes, okay. and in fact, the energy plan that was adopted back in two thousand and two called for a three year look back. So every three years you'd look back, but they never really did anything along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we we really need to look at energy from the point of view of two sort of imperatives. One is uh, energy security. We, we need to make sure that energy is available and to keep our lights on at home and our businesses functioning. So there, there is a security issue with energy. But secondly, uh, for economic development, uh, people aren't going to, businesses aren't going to come to New Hampshire, relocate here if there isn't a stable, reliable, and 
a hopefully cost-effective source of energy for all purposes if we don't think strategically about making sure that energy is available. So, so every year we should be looking at where the, what the market looks like, where are the changes. We don't want to be too dependent on one energy source like natural gas because then we become vulnerable to, um, you know, to, to erratic behavior in the market or something that might happen to interrupt the energy flow. We want to be diverse, but we want to be strategic about, you know, where are the opportunities as we move forward as a state and not be static and not just simply say, well, we'll revisit that 10 years down the road because, as we already know, 10 years is a lifetime when it comes to changes in the market, sure. particularly the energy market. And, uh, and and that's, you know, the way I would, would serve as governors to keep be proactive about this. Mm-hmm. Sure, the energy field, it seems like it changes monthly. You read, <laughs> you read new things and you're like, wow, this is amazing. Uh, how about the, the, the manufacturing of wood pellets in the state? Do you feel that, that wood pellets um, are a good thing long term? Well, Chrissy, I had the uh, fortune of taking a, a tour at New England uh, wood pellet plant facility in, in uh, Jaffrey. And then I was given a tour in Peterborough to the town hall uh, where, in fact, they've converted their heating system to a wood pellet heated um, town hall. And, and I was unaware of the, uh, of the really the, the sort of the science behind this and the simplicity and ease with which you can use wood pellets uh, to essentially heat a building. There is a, you know, there's a storage container that you pour the wood pellets in and they can, uh, through electric, you know, electrically powered auger, bring the wood pellets into a heat, the heating source. And apparently it works very efficiently, very, you know, little um, need, if any, for maintenance, just, or just periodic monitoring, and it works, and it's very you know, efficient in the end. Uh, the technology, I think, is still needs to be developed. The, the um, heating units for a, a building the size of a town hall are not manufactured in the, in the United States or manufactured abroad uh, until the market really takes off here on wood pellet. And by the way, the wood pellet industry also would support our logging industry here in New Hampshire. Now, you know, some people might think, well, logging is inconsistent with conservation. Uh, I don't think it is. You know, managed logging and timber harvesting allows for the forest to, re- to re- regenerate itself, uh, to refresh itself. We've seen areas of the country with this old, you know, uh, forests or um, uh, forests that are not managed well, and, and they become, they really end up uh, almost exhausting the resources themselves and being inefficient. Uh, and that is, uh, you know, supportive of uh, animal life as well as other parts of the um, you know, of, of the ecosystem that you would expect. And there's a natural regeneration anyways in nature. So the logging industry can work in partnership with the economy, with environmentalists and so forth to try to make sure that we refresh our forests in a, man, in a reasonable way, a managed way, and support a local industry, the logging industry, to support local heating. And I do think there's, there's a future here. It's, it's, uh, that uh, facility, if you've never been there, is worth the visit. Mm-hmm. It's the New England wood pellet plant uh, in Jaffrey, and there's some other wood pellet manufacturers, I understand, that are, are starting to look at uh, establishing pretty significant operations here in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. I haven't been up to the facility, but I have had them on the show uh, quite a while back, and uh, probably should get them back on the show to talk about yeah. their latest and greatest. Well, right. this is a perfect segue into um, you know talking about the forests, uh, about higher education in, in New Hampshire, and, and with UNH, New Hampshire has a, a particularly unique opportunity to work on forestry research as well as research on our our many lakes. Um, what would you do as governor to encourage this type of research and increased higher education overall? 
Um, well, I think a couple things. One is New Hampshire's university system, and the UNH specifically, is a land-grant college or university. It's it's agricultural in nature. Uh, it's been it's it, that's but was its primary focus, and originally to really support agriculture in New Hampshire. And I think that uh, we need to continue to support the university's work in this area. Uh, we have um, made strides in this country thanks to some of the good research that was done at the University of New Hampshire regarding. Um, food stock and, and um, management of forests and so forth, and that needs to continue to be part of uh, our arsenal of maintaining and managing our natural resources, uh, supporting a growing economy, and yet balancing the needs of uh, conservation and environmental protection. So um, the funding of, uh, of the University System of New Hampshire really falls in uh, in part from on the part of the state, but also falls in the private sector through tuition support and so forth mm-hmm. uh, that we've uh, that has been the historic support. You know, there's been a lot of talk, Chrissy, about the fact that this last legislature reduced funding for the state to the state university system by half. What that really means is that as we went from an eight percent out of one hundred percent, if you look at it from a total percent of funding, uh, state had historically only contributed about eight percent of the budget of the university system of New Hampshire, and that was reduced to about 4%. Uh, our tuition rates were higher before the last budget cycle. Uh, they were the highest around the country. Our debt load per student was the highest around the country prior to this legislative session. So it's been an historic uh, pattern that we followed. We've we've allowed um, our university system to be supported by out-of-state tuition students who pay a higher uh, tuition, and as, well, as well as our own students. I'd like to see more scholarship support for our students to be able to access higher education. Those who are qualified and interested. Uh, they shouldn't be barred by the fact that they're, you know, they're living in a family of modest means. They can't afford tuition. That should be where the value proposition should be made. But then we should continue to work with the uh, educational leaders at the university system, particularly in research and development, uh, to see where the state can actually work directly in helping uh, to expand those programs for the benefit of not just the state but the businesses that work here. Mm-hmm. And. Um, and have programs here that uh, can lead to economic development uh, around, around, not only around our state, but around our region. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I have a couple, I have a cu- two more questions um, okay. for you. And I know that you have a very busy day ahead. In fact, uh, I think you've got, you have a rally this evening, don't you, next We hour? do, Chris, yes. We're going to have uh, Governor Chris Christie from New Jersey uh, here in New Hampshire this afternoon, and we'll be having a rally at 6 o'clock at the Exeter Town Hall in Exeter, New Hampshire. If people want to come join us, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. He's a very likable and easy-to-meet person. He's a, a big personality, but he's also uh, very focused on what uh, we need to do at the state level and across the country through the governors of our state, of our states, to uh, help uh, lead us into a new era of prosperity for a purposes of jobs and the economy, and he speaks quite eloquently to that. That'll be that'll be good. I'm glad we got got we're able to give a little plug on that. So that's tonight tonight <laughs> at six. Tonight at six okay. at the exit of town hall. Okay. Yep. So I wanted to talk about taxes because that's obviously a big issue in New Hampshire. Um, and I know that from reading your material that you're opposed to broad-based taxes. And I would be interested, and I hope my listeners as well, to uh, get your thoughts on how we maintain a good quality of life here in New Hampshire without some taxes. Well, um, let me let me just 
make this observation. Uh, we don't have broad-based sales or taxes, income taxes now. I'm, I'm committed, I've always been committed to an anti-broad-based tax position. Um, my opponent uh, supported an income tax when she first ran for state senate back in 2002, and she opposes a constitutional amendment to prohibit one. I support that constitutional amendment. We, I think, are different in terms of our commitment on this issue of opposition to a broad-based tax. And if you look at the uh, sort of the, the, the metrics, the evaluation of New Hampshire as a state in which to live with a, we're the, we're the best state in which to live in this country in terms of the healthiest population. We're very attractive on a number of uh, metrics. And I don't think the I don't think a broad-based tax or changing our tax structure is going to is going to help enhance our quality of life. In fact, it has the opposite effect. And one of the messages that Chris Christie has given us uh, when he was back in state here a couple few weeks ago was, "Do not adopt an income tax." He said, "New Jersey went about the business of adopting an income tax for the purpose of lowering property taxes. Uh, that didn't last very long. Property taxes are very high in New Jersey now, and then the income tax went from uh, one or two percent." to about 8% now. So the natural tendency of government is to grow and is to take more money out of the private sector. And our tax structure right now puts the pressure on government leaders to live within their means. Mm -hmm. And as governor, I'm going to propose a balanced budget that does not raise taxes. My opponent is looking to raise taxes, and she started talking about the conversation she's having on a number of fronts. She has a record of raising taxes. I think we need to tell the businesses and citizens and families of this state, we're going to live within our means, we're going to use the revenues that are currently being collected through the existing tax structure and not increase it. And I don't think we should be moving into a broad-based tax because the experience of other states, not just a the theory, is that it does not work. It didn't work in Connecticut. It didn't work in New Jersey. And I don't believe it'll work here in New Hampshire if we had a broad-based sales or income tax. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a choice here between the two candidates for governor on this issue. Yeah. Great. I have one more, one more question, and then I'll let you go. Okay. <laughs> um, so we know that New Hampshire is faring better than most as far as the economy goes, or at least as far as the news we hear in the news. Um, but I, you know, from, from my um, experience, you know, being, uh, doing this radio show and speaking with people around the, the state, businesses are still on, on edge. And what, what are some of the first measures you will put in place if elected um, to help put business owners and as well as entrepreneurs at ease? Well, uh, Chrissy, you've said it quite right. I've been traveling the state for the last year running for governor, and there's a lot of anxiety uh, within our our business community, among our business leaders, and among the people who have jobs that they depend on the success of a local business. Uh, The unemployment rate is uh, 5.7% now in New Hampshire. It's been climbing. Uh, We still are 30,000 jobs short of where we were in 2008, and we're in a a point of stagnation, if not continued recession, frankly, based on the failed policies of my opponent when she was in the state Senate, not taking us out of this great recession and moving us into a much more competitive uh, pro-business platform. So the, one of the first things I would do, Chrissy, on the day I take office is to appoint a business advocate to the governor's office who's going to start to advocate for business and cut through the red tape of state government. Secondly, I'm going to put a 90-day moratorium on any new rules and regulations that are choking business 
us and making us less productive. The New Hampshire Center for Public Policy Studies recently issued a report saying that our labor productivity has, is on the decline, not on the increase. And the reason for that, in part, is because we have more time being spent to try to comply with the latest rules and regulations that don't really achieve what they hope to achieve, but they put a lot of burden on business and job creators. And then I want to move forward and have an economic development plan that will work for our state and be an ambassador for New Hampshire in supporting existing businesses and recruiting new ones here. So my job will be every day to wake up and say, what can I do today to make economic life in New Hampshire better? Better for business creation, better for bringing new businesses, better for the people who depend, whose lives depend on good paying jobs right here in New Hampshire. This election is about jobs, the economy, and reforming state government to, to support uh, a platform so that we're the best state to do business. And all the negative ads you've been seeing out there run by my opponent and, and uh, people who support her, her allies, are focused on issues that are not central to the people of New Hampshire right now. They're on social issues and everything else that's not part of this election. As far as I'm concerned, it's not part of the election that people want to, to vote on. They want to vote on jobs, taxes, and reforming state government. And if they don't want higher taxes and if they want better jobs, I'm the candidate for them. And I ask for their vote on November 6th. Terrific, Ovid. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Chrissy. And again, I'd invite people to visit us at ovid2012.com, O-V-I-D-E-2012.com. And good luck to you. Thank you, and have a good rally tonight. Thank you very much, Chrissy. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. The proceeding has been Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com. 